We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Coming at you on a Wednesday. What are we? Wednesday. Geez, September 15th. My goodness. Training camp is but 12 days away. I can't believe... Um. Two weeks from right now, I will be probably talking to you about Media Day, and uh, we'll probably get some early reports from camp that we'll make way too much of, and that's going to be all kinds of fun. But we have a little bit more time to kill um, in this offseason, so um, of course, we went and found someone to come on the pod today to speak about uh, what is, I think, the most important current topic of interest in the NBA which is the Hall of Fame because the inductions just happened. A um, bunch of new players went into the hall. And uh, of course, anytime there is any Hall of Fame stuff that goes on involving basketball, it's a good time to kind of look back and, of course, look forward at what players um, may get in over the years to come. 
So to have this conversation, uh, we brought on Rob Peterson. So if you don't know uh, Rob, Rob is a senior editor for The Athletic. And uh, he's been covering the NBA for 25 years. Uh, He actually worked for the NBA for a period of time. And he just, a a few days ago, wrote a very good, very interesting, very thought-provoking piece uh, for The Athletic in which he went through basically everybody in the league right now and uh, sorted out their Hall of Fame chances. And he had locks and he had um, players who are, you know, very likely to get in, went through some retired players who are are pretty much locks. And then, you know, a couple of special interesting cases uh, of which one is uh, someone who currently plays for the Knicks. Um, I, Talk to Rob about all of that. We got into some other fun stuff, too. It was a really, really fun conversation. He is incredibly knowledgeable about um, this topic and about basketball in general. So uh, unsurprisingly, we had a really good time and I could have talked to him for several hours, but we um, we cut it off. And uh, uh, I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. Uh, that is about... All I have to say, there's not a, again, I feel like a broken record, but there's not a ton of basketball news right now to to touch on. Um, so uh, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with The Athletics, Rob Peterson. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, I am very excited to uh, welcome our latest guest from The Athletic. I think we should probably, like I already subscribed to The Athletic, but I feel like I should take out an additional subscription because we have so many athletic (laughs) NBA writers on this program because they're so damn good. Uh, He's actually a staff editor at The Athletic. Um, He has been covering uh, the NBA for uh, more than two decades. He has worked for the NBA. Uh, You have seen him on FoxSports.com, NBA.com, ESPN.com, and on Twitter, at Shot Doctor Junior uh, D R J R, uh, please welcome Rob Peterson. Hello, Rob. Hey, everyone. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me, Jonathan. This is uh, this is fun stuff. Yeah, um, and I, I mean, I have to just you because I'll say this before we get into what we're going to talk about today. Um, you, as a staff editor I, and you know head editor at uh, the Athletic, your coverage is just top notch um, of oh, the thank NBA. You. That's very and- kind of you to say. And I I have to say, unlike the regular season and the postseason, when I'm just constantly plugged in, I allowed myself to unplug a little bit for the last few months. So the email you get um, from The Athletic with the lead stories, uh, Mm -hmm. if you're if you're a subscriber, has been so helpful because on days when I don't you know have time to scroll Twitter, I'm like, like, okay, let me catch what I just missed. So, um, you know, shout out to whoever puts those emails together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, that there's a new newsletter group, so uh, they, they do okay. a nice job. They do a nice job with that. Yeah, there, there you go. Um, so I have had you on, um, or have you on today, um, without even knowing that you spent many years in New York, uh, which we found out before we started recording. Yep. So that's cool. But you, you just uh, had a piece drop a few days ago about one of my favorite topics, um, oh, okay. which is the the basketball Hall of Fame, not the NBA Hall of Fame. Correct. Uh, Yes, right. How many? Let me ask you this. We'll start there before we get into the piece. How many people do you think still are con- not confused about that distinction, but don't even realize there is a distinction? Because I feel like the casual fan may not know. Yeah, and and uh, I think I live 35 uh, minutes south of Springfield, right up uh, uh, Interstate 91. 
Um, my wife is a professor at Springfield College where the game was invented. Uh, so it's um, people don't know that it, it, it's not an NBA Hall of Fame. It is a basketball Hall of Fame, which is good in the sense that there's diversity and inclusiveness with different yeah. levels of the sport. Um, you know, from the NBA, WNBA, international, uh, the writer's wing, the Kirk Audi award. Um, my sister was even in the hall of fame because she played high school ball and they used to have these, <laughs> they used to have these lockers and I, I haven't been up there since the renovations, but they had these lockers and you could look and they had like little displays. And my sister played for a school in Milwaukee that won 91 straight games. And there was a oh, wow. of her, her team celebrating in the hall of fame. So from my sister being in the hall of fame to, you know, the greats of all time being the hall sure. of fame, that is, a, that is an inclusive, great space. The problem is, is if you want an NBA, if you just want to name the NBA greatest players, you're not going to get that. By my count, there have been 141 hall of famers who've played in the NBA and give or take a few. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's not exclusive to the NBA. So, yeah, so it's not, an, it's not a NBA hall of fame. It's a, it's an, ex, it's includes everybody. So when you talk about the hall of fame and one of the things that, um, we don't know about the Hall of Fame is who votes for this stuff. So uh, we don't, they don't release you know, results. They don't say this, this person got in with 79%. They don't say this person got in with, was unanimous. You know, like the be baseball writers, they, they've started to reveal who they they'll vote for and in, in for Hall of Fame, but not basketball. We don't know. And, and if the, the international uh, part of it, I think is fascinating because I was just doing some research earlier today and, you know, it makes it makes it because you could look up NBA players who were in the league at any given time who ended up making the Hall of Fame. And like Tony Kukoc is a name right now. Tony Kukoc right. spent the majority of his career in the NBA um, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Had it not been for, you know, the international aspect of his career, Tony right. Kukoc probably not going to be in the Hall of Fame, but he's in there. But but it, it makes it tough because like, where do you. You know, where do, where does that line go? And there's obviously other international players and, and you know, people who are in um, as uh, as coaches, but then they also had a, a playing career. So it, right. it makes for some tough uh, if you're trying to parse this stuff out, as you attempted to do, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And I tried to use some this wasn't I mean, I've been thinking you, you said this is one of your favorite topics and I've been thinking about this for a long time just because it's fun to think about. You know, it's like, yeah. who are we watching now? That is great. Yes, we can say who's great, but what are the metrics? And I didn't go too deep into, you know, uh, combining stats or or anything like that. I just use some popular benchmarks that are, are familiar. And in part of it, in 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 doing all these names, I noticed um, that if you led the league in scoring, you're in the Hall of Fame. Every person yeah. who has led the NBA in scoring is in the Hall. Which I would not have guessed until I read your piece, and I didn't. I didn't notice that either. And the, but you go to Basketball Reference, and there's an asterisk next to every name, and it's like Bernard King asterisk, Carmelo Anthony asterisk. He's not eligible yet, but we'll talk about him later. But you yes. know, um, Tracy McGrady, three-time scoring champ, George Gervin, all these guys who led the league in scoring in every eligible regular season MVP is in. Um, and that is, so when you win two, that's why I started off that piece with Giannis was, uh, I thought it was going to be kind of people like, no, no, Giannis doesn't belong in the hall of fame. And then uh, I didn't, 
in Twitter or in the comments, nobody mentioned that you were full of it with Giannis. And I was surprised because people, like, he's only been in the league eight years. He's 26. I'm like, yeah, but look at what he's done. You know, two MVPs, finals MVP, defensive player of the year. That's a lot of hardware in a short amount of time. And uh, a lot of that helps. I, a lot of that, I believe, helps determine who goes into the hall. After, because I'm a, a giant basketball nerd and I too think about this stuff way too much. After reading the piece, I did my own list of like, okay, who, if they stop playing today is in who, mm-hmm. if they stop playing today, as you, you know, as you did, is probably it. Who has the argument it, it, much like you did? Cause I, I was curious where I came on this stuff mentally. I love that. Um, your jumping off point for the piece. And again, for anybody who hasn't read it, First of all, go read it. Um, second of all, you basically went through the league and said, okay, of everyone who's playing now, who's definitely in, who's almost certainly in, who has an argument. Um, and you went through some retired players who are not yet eligible, but will right. soon become eligible as well. Um, I love that your jumping off point was basketball references, Hall of Fame probability, because <laughs> I cannot tell you how many, I'm just going to say, how many hours of my life I have wasted <laughs> Looking at that and being like, well, why is this person a 0.998 and this person right. is right? And I'm, I'm yeah. just curious, what did you, was that like the reason you thought to write the piece in the first place? Did you think of the piece and they're like, oh, why don't I use this? Well, like, where'd that come from? I was, you know, like I said, I, the Hall of Fame is to me is a special place. Um, and and uh, it was induction weekend up in Springfield. Plus, in August, I think one of one or two accounts like posted the Hall of Fame index and people went bananas, the, the probability index. They went bananas on Twitter as to like, this dude has a higher probability than this dude and that dude. And they couldn't they couldn't believe it. So I thought, well, what, what if I look at that? Because Giannis is somewhere like in the he's low like 68. 30. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. He's 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 not 100 percent. No, which where, I was surprised where, he was not higher. Right, but the 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 prob- the the way they determine it is a lot of it is is you know career based, long time career based stuff, and they things like they actually factor in height. If you go to the page, you're like we'll factor in the height of a player as to wow. Hall of Fame probably. Yeah, I didn't crazy. know that either. Um, so, uh, but he should rate. He's pretty tall. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, they they posted somebody posted in August, and people started arguing like Paul George has a better uh, probability according to this scale than than Paul George does. I mean, than Kawhi does. That's crazy, you know, things like that. So knowing what I knew about MVPs, because I brought up I had I had brought up the Derrick Rose uh, exception before on Twitter. Everyone's we're also going to talk about yeah. It's, it's never got it's never gotten any traction, but. Um, uh, but yeah, you have the MVPs, you have the scoring titles. Somebody mentioned that if you get seven all-star appearances, uh, you're pretty much in the hall of fame. You, my thing was more all NBA than all-star because all-star is, is a fan base thing, which is fine. That's great. And, but you know, you definitely have to be one of the better players in the league to make an all-star team, but well, all well, NBA yeah, is a different story. Different. You know, those are, those are pretty exclusive. So um, not not to get off on a tangent, but the all-star thing is interesting to me. Um, I think it comes up with Blake a little bit, although mm-hmm. he has his all NBAs. The guy who I would have been fascinated if he did not, if his career did not go the way it did and he didn't end up piling up so many points is Vince Carter, because Vince right. Carter made a lot of those all-star teams when mm-hmm. he was, you know, not certainly not on all NBA. I think he ended up making 
if I off the top of my head, I think one all NBA team, maybe he made a second one. I think, um, I think there were like two. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Um, but I, I completely agree with you. I'm, I'm someone who looks at, at all NBA as well. Um, but I thought it was, it was a great way to, to do it because, uh, you know, you look through that list and to me at least, um, and here's the other thing about that. You have a bunch of guys who are like 98 or above. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there, there are some people between like 98 and like 90, but there are, it feels like tears in that ranking. And that's kind of how I look at the history of basketball. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when a guy is in that top, top, top tier, you right. know, when he's just below that. Right. Did you get that same sense as you were, you were trying to write this? Yeah, I was, you know, you know that, and I think that was the thing with Jokic uh, yes. and, and, and Lillard. So I had 11 locks and I had, I think, I believe I had um, six near locks and Lillard and Jokic were near locks. And, and I think, Jokic was a near lock from he's an, he has an MVP, obviously, but his career is relatively short. Not just now. Now, if I would like, Hey, Rob, rewrite this. Would you put Jokic in the lock section based on what my parameters were? Were yeah. But you know, it's like, if he has like one or two more, like if he finishes second or third or fourth in an MVP conversation, he'll make it. He'll also have his international um, play to factor in. So he's probably a lock. The only thing with me was like, it was just so recent that I had to take a step back and see, you know, what was, and as for Dame, he has all the numbers. He has all NBA. He has all-star. It just, he doesn't have the big hardware. He doesn't obviously a finals MVP because he hasn't been there. He doesn't have a league MVP. Uh, So, but he's like somewhere in the 91% probability because, well, he's just that good and he's piling up numbers. So, and he's one of the greatest shooters in NBA history. So all of that stuff, comes into comes into um into play i think like i said we don't know but i think that comes into play so if you're talking about tiers it's like you had that one tier where it's just like yep 11 and then you would probably have that near tier and then the next near tier so i would put Jokic and lillard underneath that you know like almost lock lock <laughs> sure no yeah so absolutely but, you know a couple more years for those guys and they're not missing they're not missing so someone, uh, so let's start getting into a couple of the players that have, have ties to the Knicks and okay. the most prominent of which I think is, is Carmelo Anthony. Um, so your distinguishing feature for him was that he is, and I, and I, I knew this in my head, but when I read it, I'm like, my goodness, he is actually 10th all time in the league yep. in scoring, which is nuts. He is someone that, again, it, it's not really an interesting case now. Um, but I wonder if he had, you know, let's say, I don't know, four years ago, right? Or, or maybe mm-hmm. like maybe just when he got into the top 50, um, which is the criteria you use. If you're in the top 50, you got a pretty good chance of making it. I wonder if he had retired then and he's like, you know what? I, I don't feel like bouncing around the league past my prime. I, this, this whole Phil Jackson thing kind of got under my skin. I'd rather just go, you know, enjoy my mm-hmm. enjoy my right. life. I wonder what the conversation would have been if there would have been a conversation about right. him because he had all of his all-star appearances still. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he had that aura about him. And yet, as we discussed on a recent podcast, there was also a, a whole segment of like the analytics community that like, look, he was never really one of the best, best, best players right. in the league. We're, we're, like personally, where do you stand on Carmelo Anthony? I, I think he's a lock and I thought he was a lock. Um, Back then, when they, he was, uh, you know, the Phil Jackson stuff, and then he was bouncing around to Houston, uh, just on the 
ability to, for him to put the ball in the basket. I mean, you have a ton of guys in the Hall of Fame who ha- don't have Bernard, Bernard King, Alex English, George Gervin. Those guys led the league in scoring, and they never went to a finals. No, none of those guys went to finals. They didn't win MVPs. You know, um, what was Carmelo the best at doing? He was the best at putting the ball in the hole, which is, I think, the the sole object of the game. You want to score. And he's one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. If this were five years prior, he'd still be in. Also, I think you have to factor in that he won a title with um, with Syracuse. Oh, yes. And so that weighs heavily. And we could get into this with uh, with D Rose, too. It's like they made the NCAA finals, but they didn't win. So if he had that win on his, we can get in that later. But you know what I'm saying? It's like that is just because of the inclusivity of the hall um, or from what the patterns we've seen, that would get him in as well. So you have that this stellar career where you, you've scored even at the, what, five years ago, maybe he was at 21, 22,000 points, right? Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of points. <laughs> That is a lot of points. And yeah. um, there aren't many people in the in, in the history of basketball who have done that. So once you've done something that a lot of people in the history of basketball haven't done, you're probably headed to Springfield. Um, yeah. And I, I'll always feel bad because the year he finished um, third in MVP, usually that gets you on the all NBA first team, but he, because of, two guys by the name of LeBron James and, and Kevin Durant, unfortunately occupying those forward spots. Um, yeah. I mean that, I mean, look at that spot. Just look at that spot that we have in the NBA right now. That's just, yes. that's just crazy amount of talent um, at that level. And, and, and at that position and for that long, I mean, LeBron's like going to year 18, Melo's going in year 18. Katie is, uh, was a rookie. He, Kate, let's put it this way. Katie played for Seattle. <laughs> Yes, right? he did. His rookie yeah. year, he played for Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> and the NBA hasn't been should go back to Seattle, but hasn't been in Seattle for 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 more than a decade and a half, so or close to a decade and a half. So yeah, and and yet um, LeBron and and KD, you could argue, are still at the top of their games, which yes. makes that all the more impressive. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Let's talk about a guy who had a bit of a different career, and that and that is Derek Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, nothing would shock me in terms of Rose when it came time for for him to, um, you know, when he whenever whenever he does retire, um, because as you said, every MVP is in there except for the ones that uh, aren't yet eligible or still playing, right. and, and they're going to get the ones in. who are active. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, he won one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, he, and not only, I, I'm curious when you're again, as personally assessing Rose, it's LeBron, LeBron, Rose, LeBron, LeBron. It's, he's the only one in that mm-hmm. five year stretch who took that award away from him. I wonder, mm-hmm. does that make the award maybe worth a little bit more or may some people again, when it comes time to vote for him, um, look at it and say, yeah. Voter fatigue. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to reward LeBron after he went to Miami. Do we take that award less seriously or is it it's just an MVP is an MVP? I, I don't know. Yeah. I think one of the, the interesting things about uh, D. Rose's uh, MVP award was that he was the youngest to That's win it. Cool. Obviously, he had one year of college and then he was in the league. We're one rookie of the year. When I was, and as I mentioned to you uh, prior to this, um, I was writing for NBA.com at the time. Uh, in 2008, 2009, and I covered that insane Bulls Celtics first round series where they had like multiple overtime games, and he broke he broke um, Kareem's rookie scoring record in his debut. I can't remember exactly how many points he had, but it was something like 37 or 38 in his debut, and he broke Kareem's record for for scoring. And you're thinking this guy, you know, it, with his physical talent. Yeah. Um, with his ability to like take over games, ball in his hand against a team like the Celtics, who were designed to like th- that was the Thibodeau defense where they, they they were designed to drive guys to the side, and he was just killing people. And then two mm-hmm. years later, he wins in wins in a um, wins MVP. So he was he was very young. That's a feather in his cap. I can see the argument where people was like it was a narrative thing. People were tired of LeBron. They didn't want, you know, that whole decision thing was was a joke. There's no way he's MVP of the league. If we give him MVP of the league, it's just, oh, how about this guy? More than, <laughs> more than, more, well, D. Rose deserved it in the sense that his performance was good enough. But I could see, you know, writers going, and it's like, yeah, we're not going to give it to him. I don't know that for sure, but I can see both sides of that narrative story that has developed over time. That being said, you win a rookie. And one of the things I didn't take into account uh, for for my article was uh, rookie of the year, and yes. one of the reasons I did not take that into account is because you have a lot of rookie of the year uh, that just really didn't have well, a great career. So, Tyreek Evans won rookie of the yeah. year, and what was in retrospect pretty loaded class, you know. Yeah, and, and, and that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, and so you—that's you, not always a measure of success or future yeah. success. It's a measure of what happened that year. Um, but the MVP for D—it's like and. The thing was, is like after he won that MVP, he was on an MVP. He was on a Hall of Fame track. His his physical skills for a guy his size, it was just 
it, the Derrick Rose you see now is is not the one you saw then. And it was just like, I, I'll never forget the dunk he did in Dragic. I mean, it's just like, it, it, it's like he hit a level and that then wasn't nice. another level and with both hands and he, and it just behind his head and he yammed it. It's like, this guy is going to be a superstar for a long time. And just injuries have taken a toll. It was the whole season. And, you know, the one person I think of when I think of D Rose is Grant Hill. I was, Grant. I, can I tell you, I literally yeah, just pulled up Hill's page. Cause I am going to say, I was going to bring up if Rose has Hill's last, you know, and he's on his way to having it, right? If yep. he has his last, whatever you want to give me seven, eight years, yep. might that make, but the difference is, so he'll never won MVP, no. but five All NBAs, seven All Stars. But but even then, the All Stars voted him by the fans in years that he didn't really even play in Orlando because yeah. he was so popular. So like again, it's so hard to compare these guys, right? And and right now, that's the only reason I put him as the Derrick Rose exception is because you know he's missed he missed a lot of time for injury, and he hasn't been able to pile up the numbers that some other guys have been able to pile up. It's like, yeah. I think he has 11,900 points, which is good for what but, he's been able to do. Sure. But it's it, when you put in historical context, it's not a lot. Um, so if he has, he's, uh, he'll be 33 in October, October 4th, I think. Um, and so if he can play a couple more years at a high level and don't get me wrong, playing in New York helps. If you do well there, and you do well for the Knicks and the Knicks, you know, continue to make playoffs, advance a little further in the playoffs than they did this year. And he's an important part of that. That could sway some people. I, and, and, and I didn't write this article saying like, I don't like Derrick Rose or, you know, he's a crappy player or anything. Like that. I was just looking at what we think might be the springboard to Springfield. Yes. And, and usually it's an MVP. And in his case, how spring is that springboard? I, I, um, again, if there are 10 voters who, who remember this, when the time comes, I, I probably would be a little surprised, but like he was the best player in, in a playoff series on a playoff team last mm -hmm. year. He was the best Nick that was in that series. And like, yep. does, will, will somebody like in the, in the recesses of their mind, when they're picking nits, whatever it is, 10 years yeah. from now on Derek Rose, I wonder if they'll, they'll think of that. The only other two names I thought of with him. And again, these guys didn't have injury concerns, but started so, so um, big and then tailed off where Wes Unseld obviously won MVP and rookie of the yep. year in the same season. Yep. And then Walt Bellamy is another guy who again, rookie of the year came out guns blazing 31 points, 19 rebounds, and then kind of subsided after that. Yeah. Again, no, no injuries, but both of those guys are in. Um, so you'd be surprised at looking at a unselled. If you just put like unselled stats up, you'd be like, this guy's a hall of famer. It's, like he, yeah, it, it's crazy. It's, it, it, I think he's averaged something like 10.9 points per game. Something. Yeah, and he had several seasons it. where he didn't, and, and like his prime of his career didn't average 10 points a game. Um, yeah. it's wild looking at him. So, um, so one thing with Rose, I think that you can put into historical context with that, like, like a Wes Unseld or somebody who's won one MVP, one rookie of the year. Yeah. You know, the thing about Unseld is that he also won a title. Yes. You know, so, yeah. you know, glory be if the Knicks win a title, <laughs> you know, um, your, your uh, lips to, to God's ears. Yeah. Uh, that, that would be nice. Um, a couple more and then uh, I'm going to get you out of here. Um, Amari Stoudemire is a guy mm -hmm. you mentioned in passing. Um, yeah. 
I believe it was, let me see if I remember this. I, I should in the PER, right? He's yeah. uh, in the top 50 PER, which again is, is a pretty good indicator. Yeah. He's another one for me that is just, and his, his percentage on, on the, again, the basketball uh, reference um, uh, page is, is pretty respectable. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's 72%, 72.9%, which is not a guarantee. I think the, no. I, I had this down. There's someone that played a very long time ago. That's like an 84% didn't make it. Um, it Tim Hardaway, uh, not, yeah. Junior Tim Hardaway, senior, not in. He's at like seventy nine, so yeah. it's not a guarantee. Um, but he has quite the resume, and I just wonder how much because a lot of those were it was all NBA first teams at center when that position at that time was, you know, it it was not not it, it didn't quite carry the same weight as the yeah. rest. It, gut feeling, do you think Amare gets in? Ooh, that's a good one. Um... You know, when he came into the league, you know, he had he'd been to like a lot of high schools and nobody knew and he was kind of a risky pick. And then he exploded in Phoenix and then he paired with Steve Nash. And that one year, the first year Nash won his MVP. Um, those guys were unstoppable. That pick and roll, the, the seven seconds or less. And then I think the reason Nash won his second MVP was Amari was injured the next year and the Suns were the same. So Nash was the engine for, you know, the Suns finished with almost a similar record. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's very, very close. And people dispute that MVP more than the first one. But um, yeah, Amari had all the talent in the world, uh, center, power forward, uh, great hands, um, powerful, couldn't stop him once he got on the block, could shoot. You know, um, I, I actually did a um, one-on-one -on -one with him for Hoop Magazine back in 2011 when he came to oh. New York. Wow. I, mean, I, I to, think I own that copy of who magazine, uh, purchase. I went up to uh, the training facility and, uh, up the sawmill and, uh, and we talked and he mixed grape juice and orange juice. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, so that's another thing. It's like, based on what I wrote, what does he have to say that would say, yes, he's a hall of famer. Is it an MVP? Nope. Is it a finals MVP? Nope. Is it a championship? Nope. But the body of work is very, very solid. Yep. Though what we're talking, somebody mentioned in the comments, it's like, it's not the solid Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Fame. You know, it's not. So yeah. he's he, he's probably one of those guys, you know, Kevin Love. It's another I, guy with a high percentage and that people were like yeah. on Twitter were going bananas about. I love Kevin Love. One of the first stretch big dudes, you know, he would crush on the boards and then take you out behind the three point line and bust in your face. And he did, but he did that for some pretty bad Minnesota teams. And then, but he won a title with, he was an important part of a title with, with Cleveland and he put up a lot of numbers. And so a lot of this is, is, you know, it's strange to say <laughs> the numbers back it up, but sometimes it's also subjective in there. And at least the way we see how people get into, the hall. So from the outside, I don't know how it works on the inside. I have no, no, I have, I, I can't say that I know how they put this together. Um, yeah. And that, and that's part of the toughness of having these discussions because you're having discussions about a process that you, you don't really know much about other than right. the results. And you try to um, parse out like, my, my inclination always with this stuff is like, I was thinking about Kevin Love earlier today is it, it, I, you have the feeling 
with the hoops hall that like, if it's a borderline guy, or at least to me, it feels like the borderline guy usually gets in. Um, mm-hmm. or at least it, it, it seems like that's the way it's been going. Like I, I, I hate to, people are going to think I hate this player because I always bring him up as the example. And I don't, I remember him mm-hmm. being a really good player like Mitch Richmond. Yeah. M- Mitch Richmond's in the hall of fame. Um, okay. Mitch Richmond was a very, very, very nice player. Scored a lot yeah. of points, you know, in Sacramento for a lot of years. And I was, I was part of a, a pretty significant golden state team, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that, I guess. Is, yeah. is, no. Yeah. And I understand because, and that's one of the reasons I didn't do um, retired players that were in the eligibility window, like Sean Marion, who's tough one. Advanced stats are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, was a great player on those Suns teams. And then, you know, um, there are a couple other guys who are just on the cusp and you're like, well, I could see that, but the way I wrote the article, they didn't have that one defining like moment or campaign or where people considered them the best in the league. I think we have to remember that, you know, we have about 450 active players. There are 450 active players in the NBA. And if you're the best of 140 or 450, that's better than being the best in baseball where, you know, there are rosters, there are 32 teams of 26 or in the NFL where there are 32 teams of 53. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's easier to impact with the exception of a quarterback. It's probably easier to impact or affect a game as a professional basketball player than any other, than any other sport, because, uh, you have to play offense and defense. Uh, you know, there's only, there are only 10 guys on the court at the time. So your impact at that moment is huge. You know, I could be a middle linebacker and be a great middle linebacker, but if I'm not making 15 tackles a game or two tackles a loss for, you know, that kind of stuff. Sure. Or yeah. with, with the baseball hall of fame, I mentioned the articles like 300, 300 wins, batting yep. 300, 300 wins, 500 home runs. There were benchmarks. And I tried to find to see if there were any benchmarks. And you did NBA. really, uh, you did a great job. And then, but Thank yet you. there could be one, one name in there like Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson never got any serious, unless I'm mistaken. I don't think he ever got serious consideration. For no, hall of fame. I don't think so either. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's, he's right in the there. top 10 of assists yeah. and, and he's not in the hall. You know, it was, it was interesting to see the differences points mattered more than anything. It seemed mm-hmm. than you know, putting the ball in the hole, getting the ball to somebody to score was less important than the actual guy who scored or rebound <laughs> yeah. or rebounding the ball. You know, there are a bunch of dudes uh, in the top like 25, 30 of, of rebound, like Buck Williams, yeah. you know, not in the hall. He, you know, he probably should be. And you, know, you mentioned him he, another time in yeah. um, an, an advanced stat, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. He, it's just, he, he rated highly um, in some of the advanced stats, but he's not in the hall. Uh, he probably should be. And there's, he's probably one of those dudes that will get in like Bob Dandridge this year, where it was a veterans committee. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, you, you have a lot of influential teammates um, who, you know, uh, can vouch for you in committee meetings and point to this and that and those and just say he was important here look at his numbers there uh guys loved him that kind of stuff you know with bob dandridge he he won two titles and he ranked very highly for players throughout the 70s in terms of you know accumulation of points and rebounds and stuff like that so that could come into play for some of these guys um you know we're going to have a loaded class in 2023 with uh tony parker um and dwayne wade and dirk nowitzki 
Uh, Parker doesn't have the quote unquote numbers, but you know, he's a finals MVP. He's a four time champion and the international comes into play. So some all NBAs in there and like, yep. yeah, yep. you forget so, about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's interesting. It doesn't necessarily hit you in the face, but once you dig down and you look at it, it's like, yeah, he probably, he probably belongs there. So Last last name, um, then I'll let you go. And he had a cup of coffee uh, here uh, with with New York, and then went on his merry way. He's about to start his coaching career in Portland. Um, I'm shocked that Billups isn't in yet. Um, yeah, because you know, I mean, you mentioned you got to have that standout thing. He was Finals MVP, and like, if to me, if you ask me personally, when you think of the early aughts or the mid aughts Pistons. Like who's the first player that comes to mind for me? It's Chauncey Billups, right? And that was a great team for a long yep. time. So it was, and it was it was interesting because, um, you know, they had that gentleman sweep against the Lakers in in two thousand four, <laughs> yes, um, yeah. and and um, I covered that series for NBA.com, and you could just feel the life being squeezed out of the Lakers, and Chauncey I, was <laughs> a big, re- Chauncey yeah. was a big reason for that. You know, yep. um, I think uh, Game Three they didn't guard. Kobe on a three and he tied the game, sent it over time and Lakers won. But when they back, went back to Detroit, it was just that team was uh, a great team. You had Rip Hamilton and Tayshaun Prince and Ben Wallace and now Ben Wallace in the Hall of Fame. So yeah. you have to think that, but that's, you know, defensive player of the year plays a big part in that too, you know, sure. uh, because when, you know, not every DPOY is in, in the Hall, but, you know, when you win it, win it four times, and, and, and we have a guy four. who's we have a guy who's one win away from getting to that four in, in yeah, Rudy, Rudy Gobert, Gobert, and that's good. But again, he doesn't have the the. I mean, maybe he gets to the, t- the title at some point, but right. But that's the thing. It's like, how can you deny Rudy Gobert a spot in the hall if he yeah. has four defensive players of the year and Ben Wallace is in the hall? I mean, who would you? I, I guess who would you rather have? They're they're very similar players in the sense that. That you know they control the boards on defense. They play. Uh, they play defense. Um, but Rudy's six, seven two, and Ben was six eight six nine. I you know. I, so I look at that Pistons more. I mean, look, Ben Wallace obviously here in those awards, but that was a great, great defensive team. Yes, everything Utah does on defense is because, and I understand he's had some issues in the playoffs here and there, but I mean, who knows, maybe that'll factor in prominently for some, for some folks. Um, but it's like, they're a great defense because of him yes. and what he's able to do. So I, I would imagine that will factor in prominently, but again, who knows? Cause we don't know. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, um, so kids, if you're, if you Google any of the like mid 2004 teams or 2005 teams on YouTube, uh, watch out. The scores aren't what you're accustomed to. They're, they're, the spacing seven, is not what you're accustomed to. 71-67s, yeah. uh, 84-83. Yeah. And you're like, this was the NBA? It's like, yeah. this, this was the NBA. So it's a halftime beware, score now. Beware, beware kids, yes. Yeah. Then, <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's it, this is all great. I could sit here and talk to you about this yeah. for hours, but um, you have things to do, um, as uh, do our listeners, I'm sure. This was a lot of fun because, again, this is one of those pieces where I'm stopping every couple of seconds as I'm reading it to go look up this stat or that stat. Right. And that's, that's the type of stuff that I love. Um, uh, last but not least, uh, can you just let the folks know at home where they could uh, find uh, not only you and your stuff, but uh, you know, uh, perhaps some other content uh, that you'd like to promote? Yeah, I'm, I'm with The Athletic and, and grateful to be with The Athletic. It's been a great place. Uh, as you mentioned, Vork has uh, 
uh, gave you my my uh, email to get on this. So that's awesome. He's he's a wonderful writer. We have so many wonderful writers at The Athletic. And uh, for about another week, we have a 50% off. So if you want to if you want to subscribe, it's 50% off for new subscribers. And you can find this piece on our NBA page. So if you go to theathletic.com backslash NBA, the Hall of Fame piece is up there. Uh, you can argue. I don't mind. I don't hate your team. I don't hate your players. I don't. Why are you lying? You hate, every, you hate everybody. Stop lying. Everybody but the Bucks. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't hate. I, but it's just like it's interesting to look at this stuff. So um, as long as I'm not stupid about it, as long as we can make a cogent argument and hand shake hands afterwards, I'm good. So that's what I tried to do with this piece is just kind of look at what was uh, what was going on at the time and who we're watching right now. That is just to have 11 locks for the hall of fame right now, I think it's just amazing. And five of those being on the Lakers. I mean, think about <laughs> it. It's like mellow Braun, Dwight Howard, yeah. um, Anthony uh, Davis. And, and somebody Russ. people could argue that. And Russ and Russ is a dude's average triple double oh, for four different seasons. It's just, they're like, all locked. They're all locks. Yeah. And, and for anybody who doesn't think Dwight Howard is a lock uh, again, read the piece, but it, there is no argument. He's- he was, he was, he was, I, I kind of mentioned early on, like in, in early on, I was like, Hey, do people think Dwight Howard's not a hall of famer? Maybe he's not a hall of famer because of this. Is-. And I just like some dude from Orlando or some Dwight Howard fan just came right at me. I was like, no, no, no. I wasn't saying that he's not, I was just saying, what if people say, and he's like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> they went down the list. So he was, yeah. he was, he was something else in front. It was just, it, it was an, he was a force to be reckoned with. And Shaq was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Check was a little jealous. It was a little uh, jealous. This was a lot of fun. Uh, Rob, I uh, had a thank great you. time. Thank you so much. Absolutely. This won't be the last time we do it. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the athletics, Rob Peterson. Uh, I, I honestly, I cannot stop. Can't stop thinking about some of this hall of fame stuff. I feel like we may have to touch on the hall of fame topic again before the end of the week. Um, I believe me and Andrew have a, a Patreon episode coming up. I, that might be a good time to touch on some of this Hall of Fame stuff in some form or fashion. So, of course, if you're not subscribed to the Patreon, um, feel free to do so. But uh, for everybody else, uh, we have, uh, of course, one more episode coming up later in the week. And then uh, Jeremy and I will be with you for our normal fun and games. And uh, onwards we go towards camp and towards the 21-22 basketball season. Stay tuned. We got a lot of good stuff in store over the coming weeks and months. Uh, But until then, uh, enjoy what's left of your week, and we will talk to you soon. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online 
Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.